working with the tuning forks, it, toward the end, the practitioner touched the tuning fork to my forehead, um, right at the third eye. And when she did that, there was, uh, you can't make this shit up, there was this explosive, beautiful, vibrant purple light that filled the entire room and my whole being. I cannot explain it. I have never been able to find the words to completely articulate what that was like. Do you think it was more of an experience? You actually saw purple. Oh, I saw the purple. Like it was, yeah, it, it was an experience and I saw the purple. Hey everybody, welcome back to Soma Speaks. I'm so glad you decided to join us again. And today, we will be talking with Laura. Hello, my name is Laura and my brain is falling out of my head. Oh my God. <laughs> no, we can't see it. It's not coming out of her ears. But uh, Laura and I were chatting and... We really think that you need to understand why this whole podcast started and what makes it so unique and what makes it something that we both, mostly Laura, wants to share with the world and with you, the listener. So I think we're just going to dive in and we're going to do a quick, well, maybe not quick. <laughs> it might end up to be a two-part series. We're going to see. Uh we're going to we're going to take you down a path of how we got to this point. Yeah. Okay? So I will let her start. Okay. So the year is somewhere around 1992 and I was on a 4-hour trail ride, horse trail ride with a bunch of people. And we were out in the middle of nowhere. And we were cantering, and for anybody that's not familiar with horses, cantering is when you're not really in a full run, you're just kind of it's a little bit above galloping. I'm not a super big horse person, but it's a little faster than galloping. Mm -hmm. We were cantering up a hill and we were going around a corner and I had all of my body weight on my left foot in the stirrup and the stirrup broke. Because of the corner. Because of the corner and the, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the stirrup just happened to break oh and it threw me from the horse and I landed on my back and I hit my head on a rock. Oh my God. And I saw the whole sky go black. And I was definitely out for a few seconds. And when I came to, there was people around me saying my name. And I opened my eyes. And I knew my eyes were open, but I saw only black. Oh, my God. And so I closed my eyes again. And I was repeatedly saying, I can't see. And um, the woman who was kneeling next to me said, you've got to open your eyes. And I opened my eyes again. And still it was black, which was terrifying. So Super scary. I said, I can't see. Um, so they had to call an ambulance An ambulance had to come from Sayre. We were way down in Pennsylvania. Um, and it took a while for it to get there. And then these poor guys had to trudge through the woods with a stretcher <laughs> right. to get me and take me back to the ambulance. Uh, meanwhile, I can't see anything still. And they're talking to me and keeping me awake. Um, I just wanted to sleep, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, so we got in the ambulance and headed off to the hospital after about, I would say, this has been a few years. Yeah, so, of course. I would say after about a half an hour, we're getting closer to the hospital. It's um, been 30 years. 
years. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> uh, as we got closer to the hospital, um, I could start to see light as he was shining the light in there. And about five minutes into pulling into the hospital, I could start to focus mm. and see him. Mm. Um, and so that was a yeah. quite an experience for a however old yeah. I was in 1992 I was 20 20 something 23 so this might have been 1991 wow we, we won't quote me on that um so we got to the hospital they I was in a stretcher I was locked down basically they cut my clothes off of me um and they sent me straight to imaging had right. a whole bunch of x-rays and images done um and they saw no fractures they saw no signs of anything other than some swelling which was normal, I guess. And they sent me home. And Nobody I, said the word concussion. Nobody said the word concussion that I recall. Right. Um, and I certainly didn't know about post-concussion syndrome. Did somebody come for you? Um, yes. The people you didn't drive home. home. No, one of the, yeah, one of the women that I was car. riding with yeah, right, right, was right. there with me. Good, good. Um, I was actually living with her at the time. Mm. It was my boyfriend's mother. And... Uh, so she brought me back to the house to recover. Yeah. Um, and then post-concussion syndrome is, uh, I don't know if you know much no. about it. I, I really... Never heard of it. Yeah. So it's something that happens after a concussion. <laughs> Un- undiagnosed or it doesn't matter? Um, right. I mean, the post-concussion syndrome can happen whether okay. you've been diagnosed sure. with a concussion or not. Okay. Okay. Duh. Um, and so that is a that results in like, you know, chronic headaches mm. and um, dizzy spells sometimes. There's a whole host of symptoms that um, can happen to people with post-concussion syndrome, a change in personality even. Right. Um, and so I feel like I suffered with that uh, for at least a couple of years. Mm. Um, and then in 1994, um, I had a, a cesarean section, and that in- requires a lumbar puncture. Right. Yeah, we're skipping ahead a little bit. Not very. Two years? A couple of years, yeah. Um, so I had the cesarean section, and... Uh, with the lumbar puncture and afterward I had a what they call a spinal headache which is when you get a headache and you see spots sure and it's very distinctive for a spinal fluid mm. leak in the lumbar mm. area you see spots so they knew exactly headache. yes in the hospital they knew exactly because oh. this, this is common after cesarean huh. um, this can happen quite easily anytime you puncture the I'm lumbar. glad to say of the three I've had I yes. never had that happen yes so they, you know, they treat that by laying you flat and it usually seals itself. Oh. And, and so it did. Oh. And so I went on with life. Mm. Um, the next thing was in 2001, I had oral surgery to remove a tumor from my jaw. So wait, so in that seven years, you're just a person in the world. You've got yeah. a job, you've got a kid. Yeah, right? I'm, yeah I'm a stay at home mom right. at this point. Nothing yeah. else extraordinary. No reason for a podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of giving this backstory here uh, and, and recognizing that this comes in hindsight, right? Yes. Um, uh, Always. It, as we go through the rest of the story, mm-hmm. it, would, it wasn't as obvious as I was going through it that this all kind of started with that. Fall. Well, and you were kind of forced when we had the idea to do this podcast on your kind of backstory it just probably dominoed back and you're yeah. like, well, wait a minute, that happened. Oh, wait a minute, that right. happened. And I kind of already done that yeah. to some degree. Uh-huh. So um, I, that's why I wanted to start with the horse. Sure. The I horse think it's incident, perfect. Um, mm-hmm. Of 1991 or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, 
So Okay, oral surgery in 2001. So, yep, so oral surgery in 2001 to remove a tumor from my jaw as well as my four wisdom teeth. I was in the chair with my mouth clamped open for four and a half hours. <sighs> um, but during all that jostling of the of the jaw mm. during that, sur- mm. that oral surgery, I think it jostled something loose upstairs. Oh, man. The attic floor was creaky. And so uh, sometime after that, I would say... Uh, later that summer in 2001 is when I noticed that I was, my eyes were watering a lot, specifically my left eye and my nose ran a lot, specifically the left side of my nostril. The left, we're talking on the left. All the left. Everything was happening on the left. To the left, to the left. And nothing else. You weren't sneezing. It wasn't allergies. it wasn't allergies. You were like, what's going on? I was just like, "Hmm, my eyes watering. Hmm, Weird. Um, And then a bunch of life changing things happened and, um, I went through a divorce, I relocated, um, and I was working at my now family's restaurant and, you know, putting in some long hours as we were preparing for um, getting our liquor license yeah, and blah, yeah. blah, blah. There's just a lot to the There's a lot to Don't the get restaurant. into the restaurant <laughs> business. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, hard. Yeah. Um, and uh, <clears throat> in May of 2003... Um, I was deathly ill and was uh, diagnosed with viral meningitis. All right, explain that. So viral, there's two types of meningitis, Mm. viral and bacterial. Um, Bacterial you can get once. Oh. There is one specific type of bacteria that causes bacterial meningitis. Oh. Viral meningitis you can get multiple times. I didn't know that. Uh, I don't even know. I don't know anything about meningitis. Well, let's talk about meningitis. So the meninges are... um, uh, the tissue around our brain mm. um, that kind of absorbs the spinal fluid. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they uh, get inflamed, um, inflammation uh, causes swelling, which causes pain. <laughs> um, and when they're inflamed with an infection of some kind, it's deadly. A virus or a bacteria has crossed the blood-brain barrier. And mm. we, won't, we don't have to get into super yeah, sure. big details. People can research that if they're interested. Google baby. I've told this story so many times, but never really in this much detail. So um, I think it's helpful to understand. Yeah. So, um, okay. So I had that runny nose that allowed Mm -hmm. the bacteria to enter my brain or the virus to enter my brain and cause this meningitis. Okay. And the recovery period for that was pretty rough. But does having meningitis break down your like immune system? I think, yeah, my immune Mm -hmm. system was highly compromised at that point. So I was constantly not feeling my best self. And then in March of 2005, I contracted bacterial meningitis. <laughs> just just to cover all the bases. Yes, yeah, so we wanted to make sure we got all the meningitis. Yeah, let's just do them all. <laughs> um, and this time was a little bit different the way that it presented. Um, and it was uh, a little more complicated. Mm. Uh, I actually don't remember mm. the ride from our house to the hospital. Um, uh, yeah, I lost a full day, I think, on that. I was... Um, what, was probably slightly comatose, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, but when I came to in the hospital, the doctor who happened to be on call in the emergency room when we went in was like, ah, this isn't, this isn't right. You know, his name was, I don't know if I can say his name. I don't know, whatever. Doctor, Doctor Smarty Pants. Oh, I, 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 oh was he hot? No. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Hottie Smarty Pants. I would not consider him um, hot necessarily, yeah. but uh, I adore him. Let's I'm, call him Doctor Smart. I'll be forever grateful yeah. to him for. If you're um, listening, you know who you are. He does know who he. <laughs> I hope he knows who he is. Mm-hmm. He's. I send him love all the time. Yeah. Um, but he, 
he was like, this isn't right. We need to investigate this. So mm-hmm. he sent in a, a neurologist into our room, into my hospital room. And the neurologist was talking to my husband and I and you know, asking all kinds of things. And we mentioned the horse accident. Mm. Um, and that he was kind of like, mm, that was a few years ago. I don't think that's Maybe it. Not. Um, and then my husband said, well, you know, there is this weird thing. She's she her left nostril runs all the time. And when she bends over, it's like somebody turned a faucet on. It just pours out of your out of her nose. And so you could see his face. He was kind of like, what? Like one eyebrow raise. Go like, on. That's not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so subsequently ordered a whole bunch of tests. Um, one of them being a cisternogram, which is when they put dye in your lumbar. OK. And stand you on your head so they can take pictures and track oh. the spinal fluid. The oh, flow of fascinating. The spinal fluid. Yeah. And that's when they discovered that um, I was actually, that liquid that was pouring out of my eye and my nose was actually spinal fluid. I've been <laughs> leaking spinal fluid for, at this point, about Doo-dee-doo. four years. <laughs> you know, your life force just pouring out your nose. No, no big deal. <laughs> No big deal. Yeah, she's fine. What have you done today, yeah. loser? I would literally walk around the house with uh, a tissue in my, you know. Oh, I totally cleaning. believe it. I'd be cleaning the oh house with a tissue God. in my left nostril and it would saturate and fall out and I'd have to get a new one. And I did that for, for months. Like, Wait, so did you have the, the leaking things before the meningitis? Absolutely. Oh, and that ca- maybe caused it or is that then, confirmed? And then what happens is after it leaks for so long, it's like water pouring over rocks it where it erodes them a little bit right so it's eroding the the bones of my skull to some degree and and so after having the meningitis and increasing the pressure the first time it that leak got worse so in between the first time and the second time it was like a faucet coming out at that point can anybody get this um I mean, I guess it could happen to anybody I mean what I'm wondering and 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 again I don't know if it was the horse thing or whatever but all i'm saying is if somebody has really really watery noses <laughs> and it just won't stop and and they've been to every allergist in the county yeah yeah and yeah nobody can seem to find it, anything could they're allergic just, to could this just happen to somebody it, uh Yes. It's probably rare. It's rare. It's rare. It's but rare. it could happen. Like So what so I should explain the structure of the skull just a little yeah. bit. So where where this fracture we believe took place was at the top of the sinuses. And when it separated, it ripped the dura matter. And the dura matter is what holds our spinal fluid in and keeps us from oh. keeps things from crossing that blood brain oh, barrier. Okay. So it, oh, so, so it created a gap. At some point, that mm. gap got bigger and ripped the dura matter, and that's when the leaking started. Did it happen after the right after the horse hmm. accident, or was that just the start? And then it and then the God. oral surgery jostled things around enough again, Man, I and am- that's when it ripped. Like it's a it's crazy, right? Your story <laughs> confirms how paranoid I am with people hitting their head. Yeah, it's yes. like you don't. I I mean I don't yes. know. You can't be running to the doctor with every time you bump your head. I'm not stupid. But there but, are things to watch out for. But there are things yeah. to watch out for. And Laura's story combined with another person I know who slipped on the ice and then never woke up the next morning. Never woke up. Never never woke up. Uh, and my own husband, he had an accident, came stumbling mm-hmm. to the house with a bloody eye socket. And I'm like, good God, they have to test you. <laughs> this concussion head trauma it's thing. Serious stuff. Seriously yeah. scary. Yeah. Ah, anyway, I'm done. No, it's, seri- it's okay. serious stuff. So 
Yeah. So where are we at? Um, so we're at the second. Um, well, we're at the diagnosis. You that find this out is actually spinal fluid. Spinal fluid out coming out. Skull. Of and your now, face. what do we do with it? You know? Yes. Sure. So they um, sent me to a neurosurgeon who was not interested in taking my case. Mm. Like and, it was too complex. Uh, uh, well, I think he just mm. it was above him or something. I guess okay. I don't know. He he poo pooed it basically and sent me off to see an otolaryngologist. Oh. And an otolaryngologist is somebody who specializes in ear, nose, and throat surgery things, yeah. right? Um, which, not in hindsight, I would, I would, I think if that were to occur to someone I love or happen to someone I love now, I would be like, um, no, no. If he doesn't, if this neurosurgeon doesn't want this case, we're gonna find another one who does. Neurosurgeon, go, yeah. A neurosurgeon. This was a neurologist. I mean, a yeah, the fluid thing. came out of your nose, right? This, I don't. <laughs> exactly. I feel like they didn't take it as seriously yeah. as they maybe should have, mm. right? So we went to this um, otolaryngologist, and we he performed three surgeries, and mm. um, all in one hospital stay. I was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. Oh, oh, wow. And what happened, they put a drain in your lumbar, in the lumbar, and they drain the spinal fluid off so that they can work on the area in your skull. Okay. Without so much spinal fluid in the way, right? So they... Put Wait the a drain. minute. I don't want to sound stupid, no, no. but if, if someone drains all of our spinal fluid... We'll get to that. Okay. They, they drain a little bit of it. Okay. They don't drain all of it. Um, supposedly. <laughs> okay. It would be good if they didn't drain all of it. We need, we because need our, that's, that's what keeps the brain afloat. Okay. Okay. That's what keeps the brain gotcha. afloat. Let's just say that. Um, so they put the drain in my back. They go, take me into surgery and they go up through my nasal passages to this, um, area where this leak is happening and they put a patch up there. And to me, this is the equivalent of putting a, a Band-Aid on a blow-up pool hole, you know, like right. it's just how, how effective is that going to be? Um, I spent an, uh, the next 24 hours flat in bed waiting for the okay to get up. They let me get up. And as I was walking to the bathroom, I blew the patch out of my nose. <laughs> Two seconds after there you... was so much pressure yeah. in my skull that it didn't, it couldn't hold. So back into surgery, we went, we did the same procedure a second time. We waited another day. I got up, same thing. Blew what? the patch out of my nose. So we went So in- wait a minute, you're extraordinary or his method is just bonkers? I maybe a little of both. Okay. okay. Maybe you know, I think he was um hopeful that that was going to be the thing that fixed this. <laughs> <laughs> and when it didn't happen the first and second mm. time, he decided to try a third time. Bullshit. Yeah. So Come we went in, on. So we went in a third time. And they, um, somebody misread a zero in the OR when they were draining the spinal fluid away. What? And they drained all but 10% of my spinal fluid out of my body. <laughs> what do you mean they missed a zero? Somebody misread a zero. Yeah. And so I arrested on the table. No shit. And uh, listen, was I'm obviously revived because you here people, I am. people, I, I'm hearing this story for the first time. These are genuine <laughs> In reactions. This detail. I mean, you knew you I did some of this, but you didn't know the details. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, so they brought me back. They patched me up. They plugged my nostrils, both nostrils with a whole bunch of packing and they sent me home. Bullshit. They sent you home. They sent me home. I, with uh, For two weeks, I walked around with these, with uh, my nose packed. Uh, and sorry. We, yeah, on, it's rough. On. So that was in May of uh, 2005. Uh, June, 
the beginning of June, it was Father's Day, actually. So the day before Father's Day, I think it was. This is going back away, so I don't, I don't remember specifically. But um, I went and had the patch, the the packing taken out of my nose and came home that day and we had a little family gathering for Father's Day the next day or whatever it was and I uh, remember falling asleep on the deck in the sunshine it felt so good and I woke up to my then oh my gosh I forget how old my daughter was then maybe 11 um, waking up screeching because I had blown the patch out while I was sleeping and my pillow was covered in spinal fluid and yuck and and meanwhile she wait how old is she i think she was like 11 does she know what happened to your head i don't think i mean she knew i don't know if you talked with her. she knew a little bit but you know i don't think anybody i don't even think we really fully understood everything that was going on at the time all she knew was there was a lot of stuff happening and she didn't know what it was right Mm -hmm. so we back to the next day back to the doctor that had performed these surgeries and told him what happened and he was very skeptical and in in basically said um you're crazy i fixed you kind of no thing. So i'm Laura. that's verbatim those aren't the exact words but he you know he just looked at me like i'm a nuisance get out of my office get on with your life i fixed you and so 2 weeks later i got on with my life and i went to i entered massage school and i leaked spinal fluid the entire You just were like, I've got to deal with this, I guess. Yeah. And I we even called a couple of different times while I was in massage school and said, you know, I, I'm still having headaches. Uh, there's still liquid coming out of my nose. And he said, you got to give it time. No, no. You need a new guy. Yeah. So I continued through massage school. And when I would be face down in the face cradle, we'd have to put a towel on the floor because the... <laughs> the spinal fluid would just pour out of my nose and so still wait, I was when, like well this is fine I'm well, sure so you're losing spinal fluid and you're packing Rapidly. your nose all day but but what else is happening do you feel fine oh no I, terrible headaches hor- okay yeah. I would just dizzy, assume a headache yeah dizziness terrible headaches fatigue are you driving um, mood swings <laughs> um, yeah and I'm driving to massage school and I will say mm-hmm. that after about a month in massage school I did have a reduction in the headaches I didn't have a reduction in the mm. spinal fluid leaking much, mm. but my headaches were, so I thought, oh, this is, this, this is, is a good place interesting to be. Mm-hmm. thing to, to know. And when I finished massage school and I, I remember sitting for my boards and thinking, um, man, these, he- I'm going to have to deal with these headaches. Like what's up with this? Um, and then I made an appointment with a neurologist and just said, we got to do something about these headaches. And she didn't really like what she was hearing. And so she set me up with another neurosurgeon who was interested in my case. You mean she didn't like the part where you're having to pack your nose yeah. every day? <laughs> she, she, Even yeah. though you know it's spinal fluid? She's, she's like, like something, mm. this isn't okay. This isn't okay. Um, but she knew she could, there was not much she could do about it, but she found someone who she thought could, and he certainly did. Um, big shout out to Dr. V. Um, he saved my life. I'm certain of that. Mm. Um, so he did a bilateral craniotomy, which means they cut you from ear to ear over the top of your head and take a portion of your skull out. And in my case, it was, um, my forehead. Uh, he cut to get to that third eye spot to, to get to that third eye spot. Yep. So, um, basically they pull your, the scalp down over your face and cut the, cut the frontal bone out. And can I just say, you guys, she's gorgeous. Oh, I go like on. To, I like to joke with her a lot about, well, you know, they did peel your face away from your skull. 
you look great today. You know, I, I actually said that to him recently. I was like, you, you did a great job. You did a great job. <laughs> Other than this, I got a little bump there that wasn't there before. Right, but, that line, but you yeah. know, whatever. But but I'm alive and that's, yeah. that's important. Um, oh, and spoiler alert, she doesn't have wet shit coming out of her face all the no time anymore. No more leaky leakies. Right. Yeah. Although whenever I do get a little bit of a runny news, I have a bit of PTSD around that. So I'm always like, is oh. the spinal void? Or totally do I just have get a runny it. nose? You're like, oh, yes, it's chunky and green. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, you know, obviously the recovery from that was a bit extensive. Um, the headaches did start to subside. Um, and they were a little bit different after that. Um, still experiencing some symptoms of some sort. And... A funny story. My husband and I were watching, um, do you remember that show, um, Extreme Home Makeover sure. with Ty Pennington? Sure. We were watching an episode of that and they were redoing a house for this family and it was a mother and her two daughters that had this key, had a Chiari. Mm. Um, and, and the Chiari is the, um, so the cerebellum is the back part of the brain. Um, it's the part that... It has all of the cranial um, nerves that mm-hmm. come from that. Mm-hmm. And it has these two little tonsils that come off the bottom of the the cerebellum. Well, in someone that has a Chiari malformation, the back part of the skull is malformed. Or mm. in some cases, um, the cerebellum itself is malformed. Like they're born that way. They're born that way. Okay. And so the it's crowded, right? Mm-hmm. There's no room for the cerebellum back there. So the tonsils start to kind of slip through mm. uh, the foramen magnum. And that's the big hole at the base of the skull that the spinal cord passes through. So your medulla oblongata is in there. It's <laughs> You're so gonna... fun to say. Medulla <laughs> oblongata. In the notes, we'll attach a uh, anatomy website yes. that you can follow yes. along. <laughs> that's going to be helpful. Yeah. I like to have my skull in my hands while I'm showing people or talking about this right um so with someone with a chiari there just isn't room in their skull for that part of their brain and so the brain runs out of room as they grow and starts to eke out a little bit and that causes a whole host of symptoms for them and it can be Mm life-threatening um it could be heart issues um digestive issues urinary issues all kinds of different things because all of your cranial nerves are right there so (laughs) everything literally everything all the things uh how could it not be yeah, it would not be affected, right? It's not good when your brain is not in your skull. So the, this family we're watching that they're redoing oh, yeah. this home for, um, <laughs> and they're talking about their symptoms, and my husband looks at me and says, well, I think that's what you have. Stop it. They got into the details of a home a makeover show uh, enough yes. for you to go, yes. Can you believe it? Yeah, that's kind of amazing It's in kind itself. of amazing. Somebody, some editor got fired for that. <laughs> It wasn't quite as technical as all that, but they did talk about the symptoms and stuff. Sure. um, And he, so anyway, the point being my husband was like, I think that's what you have. And so we found this place in Long Island called the Chiari Institute and we set up an appointment and we drove down there and I went through a battery of tests there. uh, One being a four hour long MRI. Oh, stop it. Four, Do you stand up? Four hours. No. You were laying, laying down, there. Laying down. You took with some breaks. And then they did a bunch of x-rays. Wait a minute. Real quick. Are you one of those people that has a problem with that? No. Fortunately. I am not either. I like to but meditate my in my husband, I don't some even know how to meditate. Panicked. I'm just fine. I just yeah. happen to be fine. Yeah. But he 
you know my husband. He is super yeah. chill and laid back. And he can't. And MRIs. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. They're rough. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. So anyway, you're so, in there. So four they did hours. all these tests yeah. and they took X-rays and which was really cool because mm. this was back when they it was like the film that they sent you home with, you know, that you could hold up to the light and look at. Kitties. And let could, me tell you. Let me show you this right here. Yeah. Um, you could see the uh, you can see the little plates that they mm. used to put my skull back in. Wow! And these little beautiful like uh, snowflake shaped uh, titanium mm. plates. Um, so that was kind of cool to see. I'm a big anatomy nerd anyway, yeah, so that yeah, was yeah, just yeah, like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Um, and then we went into the office of one of the doctors, and he talked about what they found. Mm-hmm. And they had found this three millimeter herniation of my tonsils from the cerebellum, and. Uh, and he was like, well, you know, you do have a mild Chiari here. There's the, you're not a surgical candidate, but we're going to give you this medication that will help slow down the production of cerebral spinal fluid enough that you can hopefully it'll alleviate some of these symptoms. Mm. So they put me on a medication that did help. Um, and I think I took that for, I don't know, two years, three years, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then in the course of that time is when I discovered meditation Mm-hmm. and realized how closely meditation and medication, those two words are, right? Yeah. And I was adamant that I was going to get off of that medication. Kind of went on with my life a little bit and kind of forgot about this little three millimeter herniation that sometime made me, sometimes made me dizzy or made it hard for someone to scroll on a uh, on a computer too fast if I was looking at it. You know, I couldn't go on roller coaster rides anymore. Just some things were right. a little bit different. Um, and... Uh, I went on with my life and I went, uh, continued my education, um, for massage. Uh, we have to have, uh, 36 credit hours every three years. And so I was scrambling to kind of look for courses that I wanted to take. And I took this, um, sound healing course through my alma mater and during which they use tuning forks and singing bowls. So wait, sound healing sound or healing. sound healing? Sound healing. Okay. What's, what's the difference? I don't know if there's one. <laughs> is there a difference on where the emphasis well, is? Well, <laughs> in my brain, when you first said it, there was. And really? then when I out loud said it, I'm like, there's no difference. That there. would be my brain that just did that. <laughs> Maybe I have something going on. Okay. Anyway. Oh, you have something going oh, on. Here we go. All right. so, so I took anyway, the sound yeah, healing yeah, yeah. course. They use, they use turning forks and they use singing mm. bowls um, to help elicit healing for people and I volunteered to be the demo Mm -hmm. and um, as they were working with the tuning forks toward the end the practitioner touched the tuning fork to my forehead um, right at the third eye and when she did that there was uh, you can't make this shit up there was this explosive beautiful vibrant purple light that filled the entire room and my whole being I cannot explain it I have never been able to find the words to completely articulate what that was like do you think it was more of an experience you actually saw purple oh I saw the purple like it was yeah it it was an experience and I saw the purple and so I instantly because it was so beautiful yeah I instantly started crying yeah and um uh my adorable little instructor she just stood there going yeah oh (laughs) Like so, this just happened fourteen minutes happens. ago with somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is what happens. This is called heal the healing portion what? of it. Yeah, but but I, I my brain said, oh, they touch metal to metal. 
Right, but where she touched, there wasn't. Uh, okay. Yeah, there was okay, no metal okay. there, so it wasn't. It wasn't. It mm-hmm. definitely wasn't that. It was, it was the. It whole was a spiritual experience. A spiritual, yes. Yes, and it and it really started to shift me in mm-hmm. ways that I can't explain. God, um, now I want to take one of those courses. Yeah, I mean, you could just get a, a tuning fork session with somebody, and and you could, you know, and yeah. have the. Yeah, yeah. I never ended up using any of what I learned. You totally um, could. That's your next in my practice. That's your next step. Somewhere. I think I have enough. I think yeah, I have a yeah. few things going on there, but um, there are lots of people, a lot of practitioners. In mm. fact, I know a lovely woman here, mm. um, in my practice that that Interesting. is experiment, uh, experimenting with those. Um, I think it's a, a beautiful thing. Um, definitely opened my third eye. Like, huh. And the third eye is really what we use to see beyond our physical world, right? It's the, it's the portion of our mind that isn't filtered through ego. And so the things that we perceive using the third eye are the purest, in my opinion. Um, purest meaning they come directly from divine source and so I've had some experiences since then that I know is because that third eye was opened yeah it was it was intense um but I knew I didn't really want to do that in my practice it was just an experience I needed to have for Mm -hmm. whatever reason um I was really struggling actually with what to do with my massage license because um I didn't want to do spa massage and there's nothing wrong with spa massage. Let me just say that. It feels amazing. But wait, wait, that's not what, that's not what people usually call it. Um, um, relaxation massage. No, no, it's got like a dirty, it's got like a, hold on, hold on. <laughs> only you would think oh, there no, was no, something. No, it's not just me. Um, <laughs> um, uh, whatever. We'll edit this out. It'll come, it'll come back to you. Uh, masseuse masseuse oh, okay so we could get we could do a whole <laughs> podcast because about the I difference was, between masseuse and massage when I and first, manual therapy when and, i first was friending laura and she did massage i accidentally said something about masseuse. she'll never do it again no really it was like <laughs> a core memory that time but anyway Okay, okay, that's it. I got that off my brain. Okay, you feel better now? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we don't like, we don't, as uh, licensed oh, right. massage therapists, um, they do not like to be called masseuses no. or masseurs, just right. so y'all know. Right. Please stop calling us that. Um, and then there's the difference between massage therapy and manual therapy, which... Um, right. Or spa therapy. So that's what you said. Right. So basically, when you graduate from massage school, you are licensed and... Um, skilled to do spa massage oh i see you see oh um medical and just and that just means it feels nice it feels good okay yeah and sometimes deep tissue like they'll do the deep you know get the elbows in there yeah and um i so i spent the first 10 years after i graduated from massage school just kind of feeling disillusioned because i knew that's not what i wanted but i I didn't didn't know know what i wanted i didn't know it was that long it was 10 years no i would have said two or something i avoided it for 10 years oh my goodness i was doing it for friends and family while still maintaining my license which meant i had Mm. to keep taking courses sure right in Uh. order to keep my license so um, I, but I just couldn't find the thing right until I um, went to a course uh, introductory course for myofascial release um, and that was in 2015 and um, ugh, I, yeah. and that's been I'm 10 like, years almost yeah yeah and, and that was my thing I was like this is this is what I've been Boom. looking for yeah and so I completed that um, line of education Mm -hmm. and learned about the fascia which is amazing there's so much to it we could spend a whole podcast just on fascia. try to just do a quick summary of what fascia is in our body so a quick summary of fascia is that it is the most abundant tissue in our body 
Um, it, there is literally nothing, no part of your body that is not touched by fascia. And if we were to remove earlobe, fascia, it's cartilage covered by fascia. I'm fascia gonna, fascia is one. everywhere. My eyelid. You will, you will not find one. There is my there, eyeball. There's, there's blood vessels. There's nerves. Mm. There's everything. Organs. Everything is covered with wow. fascia. Okay. Myofascial yes. release. Myo is the Greek word for muscle. Okay. And so when we talk uh, about myofascial release, we're talking about specifically the fascia around the muscles. Got you. But there Things is that fascia cause people around pain. everything, right? right? To some degree, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so there's a, a distinct difference between talking about the fascia and talking about the myofascia, myofascia being just the muscles. And so this course was specifically dealing with the fascia around the muscles. And I have since um, taking, taken some other courses that deal with all of the fascia yeah. everywhere, which is fascinating. Um, so I've done some studying through the um, uh, anatomy trains, Tom Meyer's anatomy trains, um, He's quite the guru when it comes mm. to fascia. And I've taken some live dissection classes, which mm. shows the fascia of the brain. And it's just, oh, it's just, I, like can't, a, I can't get enough. <laughs> cadaver brains? Yes. Yes. Oh, I, yeah. uh, can I watch? Oh, you, yeah. It's, I it's love intense. that stuff. I'd be sitting at my kitchen table with it on my, you know, watching this class because it was, wow. some of it was during COVID. And um, my husband would walk into the room and he'd come around and I'd cover it because I'm like, you do oh. not want to see oh. this. <laughs> but I could be sitting there eating a sandwich watching it. Like, oh, yeah, it just totally doesn't bother me, me at all. Totally yeah, you would love it. Yeah, it's fascinating. Well, that's it. It's just, you're, it's life. That's it's, the body. It's, it's the not, body. the body is not what you see on the doctor's wall in those yeah. posts that everybody has that's <laughs> right. not the body the body is everybody's is different there's so mm -hmm. many anomalies in the body we could again a whole podcast right. just mm -hmm. on that um so I took this course and it got and it got me hooked and it um kind of propelled me into um a different avenue and wanting to make um massage therapy a part of my life and you had to take you then you had to take further specific classes right. to be Certified in that? Right. Okay. Right. In order to be um, to be certified right. to do it. So you could take one course and, and say, I do myofascial release. But if you are yeah. certified in it, it means you do yeah, myofascial yeah. You know, What's the letters thing. after your name with that one? Um, that one doesn't necessarily oh, okay. have any, any, any letters yeah. after it. That's still just the L. That falls under the category of L LMT. LMT. Yes. Um, so let's see. So I would say sometime after that, after taking the myofascial classes and starting my practice for real. And um, I was had some incidences that happened, starting with one in particular okay. that kind of took me by surprise. And that was, I was um, working with a client. She was a new client. She came in and we, um, it was before I did like a the whole uh, ESP yes. squared thing, right? That we talked about in the first podcast. Um, and so I would just be like, so what brings you by today? Right. You know, what's hurting you? And trying to make those connections. So um, so anyway, we did a quick little intake and she got on the table. And when I put my hands on her, another person appeared in the room, so to speak. So and this like is a spirit. A, kind of. This is like a really hard part to explain yeah. to people because it's not like I'm seeing a, a, a person standing oh, right. in the room, but I'm I'm in my mind's eye, let's say mm -hmm. my third eye, mm -hmm. I'm seeing, uh, I'm envisioning, because we can all imagine sure. things, um, a, a woman standing there over my right shoulder. And 
I was like, well, that's interesting. She looked like, <laughs> she looked like my lunch lady from high school that everybody loved, <laughs> little Miss Annie, okay? She was this tiny little Italian woman with these tight blonde, um, white curls, and she always wore her glasses with a chain around her sure. neck. Everybody loved Annie. She was the yeah. sweetest. But that's who it reminded me of, and I was like, what is Annie doing here? Why did, why did she pop into my head? Funny. But she followed me through the whole session, everywhere I went on that woman's body. So wait, so you're cool. You just have a yeah. sense of this is okay. Yeah, I didn't this feel is threatened. Weird, but okay. I'm like, I don't know why she's hanging out. Why Annie's so heavy on my mind? This is weird. Of the moment, right? And I felt kind of like she was guiding me a little bit. Like oh. she would go. I would be working on this woman's shoulders, uh, and she would go stand at the woman's feet, and I would be like, "All right, I'm, maybe I'm going to go. Down, maybe she wants me to go down there." So I, it was it was bizarre. Interesting. I, something like that bizarre intense had not happened yeah, to me, yeah. right? So I finished the session as. Um, as best I could without feeling a little freaked out or like what is like what's wrong with me like what's going yeah is this part of my brain infarction right right of course (laughs) so the woman left and she came back I don't know a month or so later and she said um we did our little quick intake and she said can I ask you a question and I'm like of course she says do you like see things and I remember like deer in the headlights like why are you asking she caught me no yeah that's what it felt (laughs) like I was like what is what um and I said, what do you mean? <laughs> and she yeah. was like, you know, like spirits and stuff. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I, I'm, I can't say definitively that that's, that that's true. I said, but um, certainly if something comes up, if you're open to it, I'll share it with you. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, if Annie shows up again, yeah, I'll, I'll this say is something. This the sign, right? right. Um, so we went into session and I put my hands on her and boom, Annie was back again. As soon as I you hadn't touched seen her, Annie. So you're touching, you have to touch the woman. As soon as I touched her. Yes. Um, and so, <laughs> and I hadn't seen Annie since the last sure. time this woman was in my office. And so I thought, well, this is odd. This is, this can't be coincidence. This can't be a coincidence. So I said to her, I have a woman here and this is what she looks like. And so keep in mind that when spirit comes through, at least from in my experience, and I think in a lot of people's experiences that have this they these sort of this. weird abilities, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it comes through as something familiar to you. And so Annie, this woman that was, right, that was mm-hmm. showing up looked like Annie to me. Sure. And so that's what I was focused on, it being Annie. Um, but as I'm describing her to the woman on the table, mm-hmm. um, what she hears is... I'm describing her mother and Annie, to be clear, it was my not the same Annie woman. was not no. her yeah. mother. Um, but <laughs> me in describing, trying to describe what Annie looked like to her, that was her mother. Interesting. And so um, I thought, well, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. And um, some very specific things came up during that, during that session and in, in which um, Annie, let's call her, yeah, presented me with um, some jewelry that I described to the woman. And it was, she says, yes, my mother gave me those items before she passed away. So and somehow so, it's important to Annie that you describe this jewelry. Right. So it's very specific to right. Annie. It was like, in, in what I realized much later down the road mm-hmm. in life is that um, the whole point to spirit showing up is for to help heal the person that I'm working with. Mm. They, they are there for the highest and greatest good of the person. Mm -hmm. And so, um, this woman obviously needed to hear from her mother because she was feeling, she was feeling sad. She'd lost her mother and fairly Mm. recently. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
so that happened a few times after that and has happened quite a few times. And we will definitely be diving then. into some of these stories. Yeah. Hopefully soon because yeah. Yeah. they are incredible. It's crazy. Incredible. It's crazy how it happens. And I would say that in general, I'm a believer of this, but I'm also a little bit skeptical. So mm-hmm. you'll hear me asking questions. I'm skeptical. Yeah. You know, exactly. I'm skeptical exactly. and it happens to me. I remember leaving after I left that room that day with her when I came clean and told her what I was seeing. I remember thinking, well, that was really cool. I hope I never have to do that again. Interesting. And then it just And Annie more. went and told all of her yeah. gal pals. <laughs> yeah, all the lunch ladies. All the lunch ladies the are coming in. Sloppy Joe. Slop, <laughs> sloppy Joe. So, yeah. so okay. I know that part of this, um, so that's kind of part of, yeah. What I do. It's and a gigantic part. It is. A it's pretty, your backstory. Yeah. The education since then, since the myofascial release yeah. classes, you know, the, the live dissection classes, the fascial integration work that I do, and that's working with all of the fascia of the body, not just the right. the fascia around the muscles. Um, I, I took a cupping therapy course and was certified in that um, because that also works with the fascia. Um I also did uh, recently, I'm just about to go finish up my oh, cranial yeah. sacral therapy. I'm leaving in a few days here to go right. um, get my second level for that. Um, that's an intense, that's an intense uh, thing too. And then also during um, COVID, I'd always wanted to do um, hypnotherapy, look into doing mm. hypnotherapy mm-hmm. and so I had nothing much else to do in the beginning <laughs> of COVID so I signed up and took a hypnotherapy class and got certified in hypnotherapy oh, wow. never with the intention of you know necessarily doing it the traditional way right but I recognized at some point along the way that when I'm working with somebody you're in a in a dimly lit room with mm. soft music playing someone has their hands on you right. in a com- comforting way and I was noticing that people were like leaving their kind of glassy eyed and I thought uh, this this is probably not a great way to send people back out in the world so I need to understand the the process of the the subconscious mind and what happens when you're working you mean with bringing somebody. them back out of the glass so kind mode. of like getting them yeah. you're just talking about the end of the session yeah And I needed to understand how to not send people out hypnotized into the world. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. So you don't mean I'm going to give you a massage and you're going to quack like a duck. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just speaking for the masses. I appreciate that. Yes. Because (laughs) kind of like the difference between massage therapy and being a masseuse there's yeah. a difference between being a hypnotherapist and being uh, a and, and doing and being a hypnotist. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. are those are stage show uh, things. You say they're not real. Oh, they're absolutely a thousand percent real. Yeah, it's that they have their. It's a different version yeah, of yeah. what it's used for. Yes, yes. But I will say that a hypnotist <laughs> is what got me interested in doing <laughs> hypnotherapy because years ago I got hypnotized in a crowd of people. Oh, yeah, just like show, and it was. I cannot explain uh, like the things that I was able to do. Um, so you're consciously aware during I it. I was consciously aware. Yeah, the is whole everybody time. when they do it? Yes. They don't. Yes. They don't get done and go. I have no idea what happened for the past twenty minutes. N- not usually. Okay. Right. No. Oh. That's. I mean, you could fall asleep, I suppose. But yeah. And here's the other thing: people will often say, "Oh, I can't be hypnotized." Yeah. People have tried. I can't yeah. be hypnotized. Well, you can 
choose not to allow someone to hypnotize you, but if you have ever fallen asleep, mm. <clears throat> you have been hypnotized. Uh, interesting, yeah. If you've ever driven past your exit because you were thinking about oh, something yeah, totally. else, you have been hypnotized. Yeah, yeah, so I like it. It's not that they, <laughs> they can't be hypnotized, it's that they're choosing not to allow that to happen. Sure. And that can certainly play a role. Yeah. But what I noticed in my practice is that people are not always having they're not having the choice. They're being hypnotized because they're mm. not even realizing I'm not going through this whole induction thing where I'm, right. you know, um, count backward from 10 yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm just putting my hands on them and kicking in that parasympathetic yeah. nervous system, yeah. which um, takes them through that little Yeah, I've been there. Into, yeah, it's a del- delicious feeling. It right? is but, an amazing thing that happens. Yes, you know, I yes. didn't, I was perfectly wide awake when I came in here and now I'm snoring. I never snore, you know, yes. stuff like and that. The, and the thing that happens is that people, um, uh, w- when they go into hypnosis, we're accessing the subconscious mind. And so sometimes things will come out for people while they're in that state. So say somebody had um, uh, uh, sexual abuse as a young child. Yeah. And they have closed themselves off to that. Maybe they remember that it happened, but they don't think about it and they don't think that it's impacting their life in any way. Right. But they come to me because they're having painful periods. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm doing a hold on the sacral area and they they are technically hypnotized sure. right they are under um and i get messages from the body that say something happened here yeah. around the specific age or whatever and i mention it to them that's going to bring that up for them yeah. in a different way than if we were just sitting across from each other of talking. course and so a release happens and you wait you wait or yes. does it you don't talk during or it does depends. It depends. Okay. It really just depends. Right. It's different for everybody because everybody, everybody is different. And right. so every experience is a little bit different. So right. I can't really prepare. Right. You know, uh, I like to know some certain details about people. We do the whole ESP squared yeah. thing. Um, but I, I sometimes I'm surprised in what I'm talking to the person what they're saying and then they get on the table and I put my hands on them and what their body says is not the same. It's not the same. It's not what they're there for at all. And they don't even know. Well, there you go. And so that's, that's this podcast is the person has, let's just assume the person's perfectly well intended. They're not trying to trick you. It's not their goal. They come in, they say this, you touch them and you're like, "Mm, that doesn't jive. Right. And then you chat some more and then they're all like, Oh my God. Yes. If I had a if I had a dollar for every time somebody said I have never spoken this out loud, yeah. or um, um, I don't know why I'm saying this right it's now, big deal, or yeah, like well, it's, it's a big, it's a testament to you and what you've got, because just just as simple as they've said this, and then you touch them and you feel that that is different than what they've said. Sometimes, yeah, that's yeah. a skill. I mean, yeah. It's, it's a skill that had to be developed, though. You right. know, like I, a lot of people will call this a gift. And I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes it feels more like a curse. But yeah. um, but I don't think it's just that it's a gift. I think it is. I think we all have the innate ability to do what I do. It just so happens that it's in alignment with my purpose on yes. in, in this incarnation. And I found it and I'm doing it. Yep. And, and when we get when we marry those things, it's it's. Yeah. Not a job anymore. Exactly. It is now my life. It's exactly. like what I'm passionate about and uh, hence why we're doing this. You're right. You can't, you can't even call that a job. Right. I, I just had a little mini brain explosion. Like that's, 
when people talk about having a job, no. Yeah. You're in a whole different realm. Yeah. You get paid. <laughs> but right. but no, you're And there walking. are some people I work with where I feel like I should be paying them yeah. because I learn so much from them, you know. That's, that's how crazy. Yeah. this mm-hmm. skill is developing right. because of the pe- people's willingness to come and a believe that yeah. they can be healed. Yes. By healing themselves, right? right? And and b to trust me enough to guide them to that healing. Aww. It's a beautiful it's it's beautiful. Like Nobody's it makes me think, want to cry. I would say most people aren't thinking of it that way at all though. Yeah. nobody's thinking about the gift they're providing you right we just paid you to help me i'm going to school every day i'm learning every day yes right yeah and and the other really important thing that i i hope people i'm starting to get across to people as they come in as, as new clients is that i'm not fixing anybody i'm not healing anybody all I'm doing is allowing this person's body to speak to them through me so that they can understand more fully what they need to change in their mm-hmm. life, whether mm-hmm. it's their thoughts or their actions or both in a lot of cases. Right. Um, I'm, I'm helping them learn how to heal themselves by having a better relationship with their body. Right. And that doesn't mean I'm perfect at it. I still, I'm still human. Still getting messages, you know. I'm still trying to figure them out. So if you get the message, if that's another whole point of this, is that you don't get messages from everybody that walks in your door, right? So it is a guessing game. And okay, now I'm gonna trust that they, right? Sometimes I don't get. I'm. It's not clear because some people, if they're very left-brained, I think we might have talked about this before. If they're very left-brained, they might have a hard time getting to a place where they can imagine or remember certain things. Sure. Um, Yeah. So I'm blessed and grateful for the opportunity to do what I do. Well, I think I, I think this is great because now. We all, including me, know you better. Everybody has a backstory. I mean, you could have a whole podcast of people's backstories. But it makes sense to me and hopefully to our listener why this podcast exists. I mean, we're on episode two, but we're going to get going. And Laura has so many stories. So many stories. So many great stories. But I could be a jumping off point for somebody. Or or I'm the second step for somebody. Or, you know, it's all... it's. It takes a village. Yeah, it does take a village. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that's a good spot to wrap it up. We got everything we wanted to say. I hope so. Thank and, you so um, much. Yeah, so we look forward to chatting with you again. All right, thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to Soma Speaks. Music by Thomas Telford. Produced and edited by yours truly, Chris. Artwork by our AI overlords. Tune in every week for a new episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, always listen to your body.